On this episode of Resi Week, Emerald hires Jason McGraw, and Sonos has a great fourth quarter. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 251, Innovation, Not Litigation. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Vanco International. Learn the technology behind the award-winning EVOIP, AV over IP system. Become EVOIP certified today. And by Just Add Power, the global leader in video over IP solutions with systems that give you easy installation, unmatched scalability, and outstanding performance. Hey, welcome to this episode of Resi Week, your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matthew Scott, for avnation.tv. And this week, we are pleased to be joined by three of my uh, closest friends. First, we have, why are you laughing at that, Heather? You and I go back how far? But you always say, and everyone on that, we're always your closest friends. So everybody Most on your of, podcast is your closest friend. That's true. Well, if they're not, if they're not a close friend when they come on, hopefully by the by end, the of, the end show, of this show, we will be close friends. And if you are listening, dear listener, you two are all of our closest friends. Closest friends. Yes, yeah. it's it's a community. It is. We're, we're, we're stronger together. We're all about family. We're all about all that fun stuff. And yeah, you're all fine. Heather is one of my closest friends. Avi and Seth, eh, mediocre. Mm-hmm. That's Heather Sidorowicz. <laughs> She's the president <laughs> of Southtown AV. How you doing, sis? I am doing well. Oh my gosh, almost Thanksgiving here in America and uh, just crazy, crazy days in uh, the work world. Crazy days. Then we have Seth Johnson. He is a software development manager for Blackwire Design, a good friend, maybe not a close friend now. They're all my besties. Yeah. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Do we throw up the heart now or do we do that at the end? (laughs) He's looking. He's like, wait, how does this go? My fingers don't work today. Last but not least, we have Avi Rosenthal from Blue Suave. He's a partner there. How are you, sir? I am doing well. Thank you. Also looking forward to Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday. But I'm thankful for all the people out there listening and for the industry we're in. So I'll give you that shout out. More so than Christmas? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Love Thanksgiving. See, that always... My wife is the same way. She's from... Uh, just north of Manhattan, and she loves she she's turned around a little bit with the kids, but typically, if you ask her, she loves Thanksgiving most of all. Oh, absolutely! It's been a tradition. It, I think it's a family thing. Like in my family, it was always a very big deal, and so Thanksgiving's always been like the holiday that we all got together. Mm. So, yeah, I, I can get down with it. I celebrate both. I celebrate. In New York this ki- year, we're not allowed to get together. So, well, that's the other problem. <laughs> we we so where I live currently. Uh, we are. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see what it looks like, um, especially leading into Christmas. That'll be entertaining. But let's jump right into it. Uh, yes, happy Thanksgiving to all of my American friends. Happy Thanksgiving to anybody else who's celebrating it, whether you're American or not, like me. Um, yeah, it's turkey and stuff. It's going to be great. All right, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from a Residential Systems. Emerald has announced some organizational changes to CDA Expo and KBiz. Uh, a well-known name, if you've been around Infocom and Avixa, Mr. Jason McGraw is taking over as, a vice, as the vice president responsible for oversight of CDA Expo and the Kitchen Bath Industries show, uh, affectionately known as KBiz. Heather, I, I want to start with you. This is a 
one, this is a huge hire for Emerald in general. They, uh, they had a couple people that, that had moved on, uh, I believe like a month ago. And uh, I, I had heard that this was in the works, uh, that they were bringing someone in that we were all going to be impressed with. I didn't realize it was Jason until uh, it happened. Uh, so first of all, congratulations to Jason. But Heather, when you see this, bringing in Jason's 25 years of you know, working with, with Infocom on Infocom on the show. What is this going to mean for the Cedia Expo and, and the KBiz side of the show, bringing in someone who has such a massive tech background? I think it's a, it's a great thing, right? So now that we have someone, so once Cedia sold off, um, I think the worry was how do you keep a show that's so techy um, together when you don't have technical people who are putting it together. So now that they have that, I think that they have a lot of, they have a lot, a, a much greater chance of, of being successful and keeping within that technical piece, even though it's run by a, um, a company that's not necessarily super technical. Very good. Seth, one of the things that comes to mind when I see this is as soon as, uh, Emerald had purchased the, the the Cedia show from Cedia and brought it in-house. There was bound to be a lot of kind of crossover between Cedia, Expo, and KBiz. A lot of people exhibit it the same. We keep seeing this influx of, you know, kitchen bath technology that is being asked to be integrated or at least function uh, within our, our, our smart homes and our, our technical environments. What do you see? Do, do, do you see any change to the makeup of those two shows, given the fact that Jason's now heading this up, but also the the economic impact of, of COVID. Hmm. The, the, the secondary part of that, I, I am not sure. I think that's a to be determined. Uh, first, we're gonna have to have um, people interested in showing up for a big show before a big show is bound to be successful or happen. So um, this, the first part of that though, I think this is interesting. It could, uh, it's kind of the, what you thought of there was kind of the first place I went with this too. Uh, this could be an interesting way to have people uh, that aren't, aren't seeing our industry, see a little bit or a piece of our industry, uh, you know, in, in their show, like the kitchen bath show, um, which like you said, there's, there's plenty of uh, smart kitchen appliances. There's, there's, a, I think Moeller has like a shower that you can get that's, that's fully you know, automated and home kit ready and all that good stuff. Um, these are, these are products that high-end clients will be putting in and there's no reason not to have a high-end control company at one of those shows too. What is this home kit you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we've had a joke about that going back a while. Uh, Avi, you, you spend a lot of time at a lot of different shows yes, I that, that typically that is your life, right? Um, should this, are, are we all just thinking that this is going to add a better tech experience to shows like KBiz to, to open the opportunities for expo uh, exhibitors to get even deeper into some of the, the, the Emerald fleet of shows? Is that, is that a naive thinking or is that, uh, something that like, is that a strategic move by them in, in bringing in McGraw or again, are we just in our bubble? So we're bringing this together. No, I think that it shows true commitment on behalf of Emerald to actually 
uh, take a step forward, bring somebody in who has connections all over the industry, truly understands what it means to put on a tech show and be able to add, I'm going to, I'm going to steal Heather's word, add synergies in places that there weren't before. Um, I remember when, uh, <laughs> I remember when um, we were first approached uh, when I was working for one of the, the larger companies um, to display at KBiz. And we sort of, you know, gave a sideways glance because KBiz was, you know, sinks and faucets and refrigerators and things like that. And then we actually walked the show and we realized that the same people who we want to attract are already there, right? The designers, mm -hmm. the decorators, the architects, the people who are involved in building systems. And the same reason why we go to IBS, for instance, in the International Builder Show is the same reason why we need to go to KBiz. And I think Emerald has figured that out and they're bringing somebody in. They're, they're not bringing in a lightweight here, right? They're bringing in yeah. a guy that knows everybody and can shake hands across the board and can take a serious swipe at getting the technology companies to take it seriously. And so I think it's a, it's a great opportunity and Emerald, Emerald is really showing some forethought in bringing this home and giving people, companies an opportunity to not only be at Cedia, but also be at KBiz and to show up their wares and attract the right kind of clientele. I, I'm really glad you brought that up. I, I kind of want to take a, a, a poll. Who, who has been to KBiz? I think I have. Should so so Avi, I I, I knew you were gonna have. Yeah, I know. Sure. I go to every show. What can I say? <laughs> it's okay. But the question I have Avi, for are you: Are you a show stalker? Is that why you go to all I, shows? I am. I love trade shows. Heather. Yeah, I love. Trade you just shows. love shaking people's hands and being around strangers. Yep. I oh, you have no idea. I I, I physically have the bends from the, the withdrawal <laughs> symptoms. Anyway, so, so let me ask you this, Avi: it, Is KBiz a show that as soon as it comes back? everyone within this within this channel from heather and i as as business owners uh myself as a as a, a media person seth as the host of a podcast as well as a working for a distributor should we all be attending kbiz absolutely so there's a the, not to speak of a rival podcast here but you've heard of the spoon right um mm -hmm. Matt Wolf's, mike wolf mike wolf thank you mike wolf's gig he has done an amazing job in spreading the gospel of technology within the kitchen and bath environments. Um, the KBIS that I attended, the first one I attended was, oh man, it was back in Orlando. It's got to be close to 10 years ago. And even then, the white goods companies were starting to take it seriously in integrating technology. Now you've got Procter & Gamble and Whirlpool and all these big companies at CES every year. If they're coming to our show, then we absolutely need to go to their show. And as integrators your clients are gonna demand it. Your clients are gonna to wanna to know what, what goes on in a Samsung kitchen that is different from a Whirlpool or a GE kitchen and what the difference in technology is and what the app experience is like and what the connectivity requirements are. You owe it to yourselves to go to these shows and understand what it's like to put in a smart shower and not just mm -hmm. audio in the shower, but a shower that they're becoming intelligent. Seth's absolutely right. There's an intelligent shower head out there that monitors the temperature, that has Alexa built into it, that has all of the features built in so that you get the same experience from your shower that you're used to getting from your AV equipment. Mm -hmm. And the only way that we're going to be able to be the technology consultants and concierges that we all aspire to be is by being as more educated than the decorators, the designers, the architects that are specking these things into the homes with the builder community. So hey, we... We made a joke about 
you know, HomeKit being built into that shower and, and what is HomeKit? Well, HomeKit's the one they know, right? right? And if we're not there in front of them, they're not going to know anything about a Crestron, a Control 4. They're, they're not going to know about a Josh AI. So right. it's it's for us to get in front of them uh, to be at these shows. I, I've been at the, one of these shows for sure. I'm looking at a picture of it. Um, and it's absolutely fascinating, all the technology that can go into kitchen and bath these days. Um, like I said, I was, I've been to one of these. It was 2013. It was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Should, should we be looking at KBiz over CES? I would, I would say yes. Wouldn't that be like oh, saying like, a, should we be looking at Infocom or CD over CES? And the answer to that is a resounding yes. Right. Yeah. But that's an interesting question. You know, it's, do I go to IBS, which is the week after CES in Vegas usually, <laughs> or do I go to CES? As a diehard techno geek that I am, I, I can't miss CES. There's, right. there's too much innovation. And I think what saved CES for the integrator community, even though they don't actually admit it or understand it, is Eureka Park. Yeah. Eureka Park yeah, Eureka absolutely Park made it more relevant. On the day there. And yeah. you'll see stuff that you won't see for years later. But and it doesn't matter, but you're educated. Fun. Yeah, but you're, and you're right, Heather, but you're educated enough to know that it's coming. Right, right. Or right. yeah. And how yeah, much yeah. fun is it to say a few years later, like, oh, I saw that three years ago. Right. Oh, I do that all the time. This is fun. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's change topics for a moment. This story comes to us from CE Pro. Sonos, their Q4 are a record result that are driven by the custom channel. They hit revenues of almost $340 million. Yes, I said million dollars, up 16% from last year and $40 million over the expectations. Uh, obviously, this is a great article from uh, our friend Bob Archer on here, our good friend Bob Archer on here, Heather. <laughs> um, but I also I, I saw reports on this story in the Wall Street Journal, uh, Forbes, and a couple other mainstream uh, mediums because uh, they, they did so darn well. Seth, let me, let me start with you on this one. This is a I think this is a really good story for the industry. I, I think that this shows a lot of success knowing that Sonos officially does not share or disseminate retail sales versus custom installation sales. So yes, we helped drive it, but I know, or we were involved in it, but those numbers aren't, aren't definite. Uh, is this something that we can take as a, as a firm like guidepost to how, how receptive the client is to spending money on tech for their home? Or is this a one-off? I think this is a one-off just because of the way this year went. I, I'm not sure where the, like the growth isn't, isn't really outlined where it came from. They did say that there was a 67% year over year on D to C and they talked about uh, like direct to consumer. So they talked about how much they are going to be pushing that direct to consumer relationship uh, into 2021. So I'm, I, I'm not sure if this is like a, a just a, a sign of a weird year. Um, but if you, if you dig deep in the details to see kind of like, did Sonos actually grow? Well, yeah, they, they got under more roofs, um, but they didn't actually increase uh, the number of products that are in each home like each install. So I'm not, I'm not too sure if this is like uh, signs of things to come or just kind of an interesting fluke of what has been a strange year altogether. Well, they did say that they had 41% of existing customers who purchased and registered new products. Yeah. 
So yep. they, they, did, they did grow their footprint as far as homes they're in to nearly 11 million, but they also grew their existing base, which is an interesting note. Avi, I would, I, I would say the downside of, of this story and of the results are the fact that they've had some fairly massive supply chain issues. Yeah. Now they're not alone. No, um, no everybody is. Today, I, I, I was checking on some product mm-hmm. for a client and just happened to check Best Buy to see what they had in stock for Denon. And they have literally nothing until the $4,000 receiver. They don't have anything available locally or online. They got nada. And with um, the KM blowing up, it's going to get worse. Exactly. Yeah. When you, when you see this, when you see how well they did, and you reference that against the fact that AMP, uh, ARC, Beam has been not too, too bad, but I know ARC and AMP specifically, mm-hmm. they've been in the neighborhood and all you have to do is check a form, industry or uh, general public. They've been backordered anywhere from two weeks to four months. They're shipping now in, I think, December 28th. They're hoping to get them back in stock at this right. time. Sure they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I love it, but yeah, okay. No, I'll not. believe it when I get my shipment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> does, does, that, does that highlight a missed opportunity for them? So I, I, I tend to agree with Seth. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think Sonos was successful in spite of themselves, not because they planned it. Um, I think that the pandemic certainly helped because if you look at the number, see, we, you talk about growth of footprint. In my opinion, the reason why people added Sonos over the last year is because they've been trapped in their homes for the last nine, 10 months. Mm-hmm. And so they realized, hey, I've got audio in, in this room that I used to hang out in a lot. Now I'm hanging out in all of the rooms. And so I want Sonos in the rest of them because it's what I've already purchased. I'm very concerned for Sonos. I think that the the new Google Music uh, program that they're rolling out is going to take a big chunk out of their B2C business um, because I think Google and, and the new Apple Mini is going to take a big chunk out of their B2C business. Um, I think they better start hugging their local integrators as soon as possible because Google and Apple, you know, won't hug the integrators. Sonos already has that footprint. They already have a strong following within the integrator community. And if they want to keep themselves afloat, you know, they, they need to like double down on the CDA marketplace. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that it's also indicative of the fact that they're bringing out a, a recurring revenue model or attempting to bring out a recurring revenue model for their, their radio program. Uh, their monthly is, is a last ditch attempt at staying relevant while Apple and Google are clearly nipping at their heels. Um, the, the patent lawsuits are, are, just a distraction. I'm not even sure why they would even bother with that other than to assert themselves prior to the pandemic, not realizing the world was going to come to an end. They knew Google's announcements were going to be sometime in the second, third quarter. And they figured as a public company, they preempted. It didn't work, right? Because most of them at this point have been negated. There's still an ongoing battle going on, but you know, they, they, they won a little on one side, they lost a little on the other side. It's not the way to do it, right? You don't, you don't win a market through litigation. You win a market through innovation. So I'm, I'm actually concerned about Sonos's long-term strategy because the pandemic is going to end and it's going to be about innovation and it's going to be about these other companies and their music programs coming out. Uh, I use the term in, in generalities, but I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're, they're being successful in spite of themselves. There's going to be huge constraint in the high-end audio market 
for the next 18 to 24 months. AKM blowing up is going to affect everybody because anybody who was buying AKM has to find an alternative. Anybody who was buying the alternative now has to find an alternative. Epson, Cirrus Logic, TI, they're all unconstrained right now. We're seeing it across the board with all of our clients. It's, it's going to be hell out there. And we were already dealing with a pandemic China that was still trying to play catch up on uh, supply line. It's, it's going to, 2021 is going to be murderous trying to get product overseas. Thank you for the bright outlook. Yeah, let's I'm sorry. That's fantastic. I'm to be realistic. Just going, people listen to this on driving to Thanksgiving, man. What are you doing? <laughs> Just hold on to the wheel. We'll get through this together. Oh, I promise. Avi, uh, Avi, Avi. All uh, right, Heather. Um, one of the figures that was, that was cited in this that I found very intriguing and, and, and specifically that uh, Patrick Spence, the, the CEO of Sonos included it in his interview um, was that future source has a report out that has, is claiming that 63 of consumers are comfortable purchasing audio products online prior to uh, the pandemic where it was just around 25%. Yeah. I see that as, as a plus all while knowing that most integrators don't and, and oftentimes can't sell anything online. Is there, is there any way that integrators can take advantage of that? The online piece? The, the fact that people are more comfortable now purchasing audio tech online. Is there a good way? I, I'm sure is it, if there's a will, there's a way. I think that maybe if we're not talking about selling product, but selling systems or just talking about possibly maybe CEO or just meant, uh, search engine optimization or talking about how to connect it or that we offer an extra layer of it. So if you're going to buy an ARC or a Sonos One SL, then sure, people will go and they'll buy that piece online. If you're looking to buy systems, most, they're not able to buy that online. That install, you know, people don't have time for or don't want to get into. That's the, that's the piece that where the integrator comes in. I've never felt that like, because the, everyone sells it online at the same price. I don't ever look at that as a bad thing because we have something additional that we can offer. We're not just selling one part versus your one part. We're selling one part plus. And I'm going to go back for a second and say, because I've always wanted to say this, Avi, I respectfully disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to say that professionally. Um, I think that there's reasons that with, with Sonos, what people are buying is the simplicity of it, the fact that it always works. And I think that there's a big piece of that. And I don't think that they're competing necessarily against Apple and Amazon and Google because those products are get it in the house, down and dirty. You know, um, the Apple product is kind of prettier. The Nest Google stuff is hideously ugly. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that $99 market, they're all going to, you know, fight over because they're fighting for the ecosystem. Um, not fighting for the audio. <laughs> Sonos is, is fighting, talking about audio quality. And what Sonos should focus on is that middle to higher end. There's a whole market there that the other ones aren't playing in. If you want to do Apple, Google, or Amazon, and then integrate it with your surround sound, there's no sound bar that anybody else has, which is why you can't get an arc till next year. Right. You can't create that whole home experience with any of those other players. That's what they should continue to focus on. And I think that they hopefully will. Um, yeah, and I think simplicity is a, 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 is a big piece. 
as for their their music at 799 i get where they were going but i don't think that should be their focus their focus should continue on hey we're home theater plus we're we're audio plus so i think that that it's it's a great middle ground that they could totally capitalize on well i don't think that the i don't think that the the sonos radio play is a it, it's not a bottom line play they're not trying to make money off of it no they're trying to sell it, good music no it's not even that it's a it is a market piece because it's a public company it's a way to bring in recurring revenue right which is what every analyst wants to see is right. is it a single sold or is it a recurring how do we how do we grow that recurring revenue for your company but you said After something doing Sonos I, for the last few years they, you, and i'm sure you've seen the same thing you mm -hmm. start with a sonos you know play bar now arc Next year, they're oh, yeah, coming back and asking you to put music outside, mm -hmm. right? So they, it does grow from there. So, so let me shift directions just for, for one quick second, since we're all here and we're all talking about Sonos, and I like to talk about Sonos. Is, is the, the hatred that they deal with within the channel, is it unwarranted or is it, is it based on too many people expecting it to be equal parts, stop smiling, Seth, equal parts, ultra high end, while being ultra low price as well. Because you'll never convince a high end audio person, quote unquote, that their sound quality is fantastic. Because it, you can't listen to it while drinking Chardonnay. There's a, there's a problem there. It, they, in, in my mind, they've always carved a, a beautiful piece of the middle market out, yeah. but they seem to get hate from both ends. Is that just our channel being our channel? Yeah, our channel is the same channel that said MP3 players would never take off. Right. Right. We we get yeah, lost in our like we're holier than thou because we know great audio, but we forget that if we're going to continue to sell this, it has to be simple to use and sound good. We want you to sound good. I almost fired an employee once because he listened to audio off his phone at his desk. <laughs> so but yeah, it, there's got to be a middle ground. No, and I, I, I absolutely, I respectfully agree with Heather that, uh, you know, the, the haters, I, I really think the haters came out because if you remember, you know, when Sonos came out, it was going to be the super simple solution and it was going to put everybody else out of business, which it didn't do because there's always a niche market for everybody. But I think the haters at the time were sort of like the MP3 player. Oh, well, you know, wireless audio. I used to have guys argue with me all the time. It's wireless audio just by definition it can't be as good because it's wireless audio or they can't be as good because it's too easy to use or they can't be as good because they sell it directly to my customer, right? And they sell it online. So I, I think to answer your question, Matt, it's more about what we as an industry hate and, and what we rile against rather than sometimes we don't embrace the new stuff right up front because we don't see the market opportunity. So to your other question about you know online, yeah, it's a huge opportunity, right? It's a huge opportunity because how many times do people experience a Sonos and then realize they want more, right? They start with that sound bar. They love the way it sounds and they realize, hey, there's other stuff that this will do, but I don't know how to do it. So I better find a guy who knows it. And that's the beautiful part about Sonos is that it's available in the pro channel as well as the DIY. Yeah. You can't buy, I mean, you can buy in ceiling speakers, but people aren't putting them in themselves. No. Right? So, And again, that Google... Amazon, not like they're not, you can't get that experience or not easily, certainly of okay. I'm building a house and I want music throughout my house and I want in ceiling speakers and I want it to be 
one of these other ones. So I, I, I yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely a niche market, a large niche, niche market that they can capitalize on, continue to capitalize on. Seth, I'll give you the last word on that. And please or send me this. my stuff, Sonos. <laughs> I, I remember Sonos not being liked so much for a couple of other reasons. It kind of brushed on here, but like one of them, one of the major regions was of course that they sell and market directly to the consumers. That's clearly not going away. Um, they, they focus on that. There was a time where you could buy, you couldn't buy Sonos subwoofers as a dealer, but you could go to Best Buy. They were always in stock. Yeah, and you could pick them up there. Doing that in the Sony TV. And the, the second part of that, the second part of that was all their, hands-off approach to integration <laughs> and actually supporting a public API where, um, you know, for a long time, the drivers that were supported or the drivers that were out there, like from Control 4 or Extra Vegetables at the time, um, th that was the only way you could really integrate with their product. And they didn't really want to approach anybody. They thought everybody had to use their app. They thought everybody, uh, that was the experience that everybody should use with their app. Doesn't do, doesn't control the TV. So how do you go to a high-end client and install this system, which was clearly better in a number of ways. I'm not sure, like from, from my perspective, it was a much better system than what we were installing at the time. So, um, it, but the fact that the interface couldn't handle TV and automation and lighting and that kind of thing means I had to get into a control system of some type. And Sonos did not really want to play in that market at all. Uh, at least the vibes that I got from the company, the reps at the time, mm -hmm. they were more interested in, in pushing those boxes out the door in whatever way they could, whether it was integrator, whether it was online or some random shop they signed up as a dealer down the street that we had to compete with. Thanks. Thanks, rep. <laughs> can, I, can I, for once though, and, and I've brought this up before and Heather, you and I have probably talked about this multiple times. I feel like we often forget that they're a company too, and they need to be profitable and they need to move boxes. And we as a direct channel, we really have a hard time looking at manufacturers that have been uber successful only in our channel and only supported in our channel. It, it, it's a tough, it's a really tough play. You don't get the innovation that a lot of these companies have had. Make your counterpoint. Counterpoint is Lutron. Nope. They offer a consumer line. They offer a below consumer line with the Maestro stuff. They offer a consumer line with an API. They offer mm -hmm. a high-end solution with an API. Um, but, but look at their, if you yeah, look at their sales numbers. they a lot more money at retail than they do in the integration channel. Absolutely. I would Absolutely. argue that Maestro pays for the development of Homeworks. Yes. And Radio Raw and anything else they want to do. Heck, Vive or Via. Via? Vive. Via. The the commercial one. Yeah. Is stop laughing, Seth. It's massive. Like it, it's uh, I'm not I'm not downplaying that they need to play well with others. I'm just saying that we we continually want them to be this darling of our channel, not realizing that there is a massive market out there that will happily pay their their product or pay for their product that we don't ever touch. And they've come a long way from where they used to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, they went from, hey, we're kind of too cool for your school. Yep. Um, because they didn't they didn't come from our industry. They weren't born out of our industry like so many are. And I think that maybe there was even some early resentment of that, but they've come a long way. They have a dealer advisory board, which I, I'm on. So I will uh, 
confess that. Full disclosure. Um, they have, you know, but so they they are talking to integrators now. They are asking questions and they are trying to be involved. Well, because yeah. I also think that, you know, they started off with a lot of hubris. They were a very large company before the integration channel really embraced them. And so it was sort of like, well, why are we dealing with these people? They're, you know, they, they take up the majority of our time. It's, it's high support, right? It's the, the profit isn't there yet. Um, we're not selling the kind of volumes that we sell in a Home Depot, for instance. But I think that when Mr. Shapiro passed and they moved on to the, the, the kids sort of looking at more of an innovative solution, they became much more of a solution company than they did just about moving boxes. And I think that's really where the switch comes in. If you look at some others, right, other companies as well, when they switch to solutions, that's when they embrace the CDA channel. And that's really when we get a bigger say and a, and a, a larger place at the table. Yeah. When they just want to push boxes, I agree with Seth. It was just, hey, look, yeah. we're just pushing boxes. We're establishing ourselves. Yep. Very good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have to leave it there because uh, I can go on that topic for quite a while. Heather, my friend, thank you so much for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Southtown AV, where can they do that? Well, of course, on the web, we're uh, southtownav.com or Twitter. I tend to uh, jabber on a little bit more. Um, tech, T-E-C-H underscore chi as in a balance between life and technology. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. Mr. Johnson, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Blackwire Designs and hopefully get some snacks, where can they do that? You can get snacks at blackwiredesigns.com along with some other AV equipment and that kind of thing. But really the snacks. The snacks is what, yeah, yes, snacks. you come for the snacks. <laughs> Trust me, I wish I could get snacks with all of my suppliers. That would be so much better. Uh, Avi, my friend, if people want to connect with you, learn more about BlueSav, how do they do that? Uh, bluesav.com. We are more than happy to help you out, full consulting and any answer any kind of questions you have about the industry. Excellent. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please stop by avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you support them as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. Gobble, gobble.